Yes, yes, y'all. What's going on, Internet? The Blob Kage, aka CBH. And to be honest, I'd like to welcome you back to Hokage Thoughts, the show where ain't no hoes, but I do think out loud here on anchor.fm slash the Black Hokage. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major podcast outlets. Today, in which I'm recording this podcast, is September 23rd, 2018. And I want to kick off the show by warning people that Samsung phones are blowing up again. Reports have surfaced that a woman's Galaxy Note 9, which is their new phone that just came out the other day, by the way, caught on fire in her purse and damn near blew her up and this is crazy because samsung claimed that they came out with like this new five point system to inspect their batteries and they're going to improve their batteries at the last fiasco from like last year but it looks like samsung phones are catching on fire and it's wild too because this man ethos just bought the phone like the other day man i, I gotta warn this man the galaxy note 9 is blowing up or if he ever he don't listen to this shit because he has to listen to me on the regular anyway so he don't listen to this shit but yeah i'm, I'm letting y'all know uh if you buy a galaxy a note 9 buy it at your own risk because you are risking your hips because if you got your phone in your pocket and that shit catch on fire you're gonna turn into johnny storm don't act like i didn't tell you um <laughs> anyways uh shout out to eric kurt chill ronley kai and felix they all subscribed to the show recently i wanted to let you know that you are appreciated if you would like to subscribe to the show you can find the big subscribe button on my profile at anchor.fm slash the black okage you can sub for 99 cents for five bucks or even 10 obviously you don't have to subscribe but it's always appreciated when someone throws you a few bucks your way for all this free content because lord knows i have these bills and by the way uh you cannot i don't think you can see this button on the app that's what i was told you can only see it if you go to the uh to the website through your web browser uh so go to anchor.fm slash the black hokage my bad i've been saying go to the app and apparently you can't do that that's what somebody told me on twitter and i I, when i check it on the app i couldn't see it anyways uh (laughs) today we're gonna be talking a little bit about gaming a little bit of tv a little bit of life and a little bit of music um what's the name these podcast notes uh they they be hard to uh to make so like every week's uh just because uh like we started we decided to start doing the uh gi podcast uh weekly or at least bi-weekly and with us being more consistent and that being a primary gaming podcast i don't want the um the show notes to intertwine with one another basically i don't want to be repeating myself every week i don't want to come on this show say something and then go on the gi podcast and say the same exact thing and then you feel like you're listening to the same thing so i want the show notes to be different i want them to do two different shows and that's kind of hard creating different content because i do want to create um include gaming in this podcast uh so basically this episode is mostly going to be like questions submitted from y'all because there wasn't a lot of uh like i guess news that i could differentiate between the gi and this one but we're gonna keep it pushing we're gonna find a way i guess we're gonna have to start talking more about comic books and anime and shit like that so make sure y'all get those questions in you can submit your questions on the anchor app or you can just follow me on twitter at mr underscore i keep it real you can see i could talk today last week i could not say my name but i can say it this week my mom is proud all right uh on the gaming side of things the first question is coming from frost moon and he wants to talk a little bit about GameStop and the downfall i mean at least that's what he titled it uh when he when he submitted the question all right let's see what he got to say hey tbh I just wanted to know, what do you think GameStop can do to keep from closing down? Alright, so he wants to know about what can GameStop do to keep itself from closing down. And you actually titled this question, The Downfall of GameStop. So I actually want to just get into the downfall of GameStop. Because to be honest, I don't care if it falls. Uh, (laughs) So, the downfall of GameStop is, first of all, back when I was a kid, we had two gaming stores. It was GameStop. 
well you had that and then you had the mom and pop shops as well too but those don't really exist as much anymore you'll, you'll find a few uh, i know some in new york uh when i was up there that i seen where you can get games uh well actually i'm not even i'm not even gonna say nothing uh <laughs> but uh, the downfall of GameStop. back when i was a kid there was two main gaming stores there was eb games and then there was gamestop and eventually gamestop absorbed eb games uh and back when i was a kid I never went to GameStop. I always used to go to EB Games until GameStop became the only thing that you could go to. Um, the main reason that I always chose EB Games over GameStop, and to be honest, like from the outside looking in, it, they looked like the same stores, but they weren't. Uh, the reason I used to always go to EB Games is the staff was much more helpful. Uh, they used to give you more trading care, uh, credit, and their, their prices were more affordable. Like EB Games was just a better experience overall. And to be honest, that was probably the downfall of EB Games. Uh, they were much more fair to the customer, which means they were probably making less profit compared to GameStop, which is very cutthroat. Um, so like in the early 2000s, eventually GameStop bought EB Games. And I literally remember watching my local EB Games turning into a GameStop, which basically they just switched the damn sign and the staff and their, and their business. I guess they changed the whole damn store. Fuck GameStop. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was the main thing. Uh, what was I even talking about? Oh my God. I'm sorry. I got last week. I got like five or six hours of sleep before I did the show this, this week. I got like four hours. I know. Like, why aren't you sleeping? It's cause I, I, I work a lot. Uh, that, that's what it takes to get all this content out. But, uh, I know y'all don't care. I just want content. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, GameStop, the downfall of GameStop is it's a lot of things, right? A, I've never, and I said this on Twitter. I've never met a helpful GameStop employee. Um, you walk into GameStop and you get two things, either, they're under helpful or they're over helpful and this isn't just my local GameStop. i travel a lot these days at least within the united states and this year i actually get the late it, i got to leave the country this year for the first time ever even though it was just canada it was, it was still you know you know a young brother from the block you know what i'm saying you know got to finally the country so you know start hating on me um anyways <laughs> what's the name uh yeah you walk into GameStop and they're either over helpful or under helpful and what i mean by that is you walk into the store and let's say you don't know what you want, but you know you want to leave the store with a game. You walk in, and you're going to have that one employee who's underhelpful. They're just going to look at you, not even say a motherfucking word. You're just aimlessly walking around the store looking for something to buy. And it's, it's innocent. Like I said, you're just looking for something to buy. And then 30 minutes later, they call the police on you because they think that, you know, you're plotting on the store and you're about to steal it. I'm just kidding. They don't really call the police, but they might. I don't know. It depends on who it is because I hate game stuff. Uh, <laughs> what's the name? Uh, and then you have the over uh the over helpful one which by the way when i say over helpful like i'm not saying they're actually trying to help you they're trying to help themselves get their numbers up uh so you walk into the store you know what you want this time and they oh can i help you with something oh, oh i can't well hey do you want to get the uh GameStop rewards card you want to get some points no well do you want to get the game informer magazine there's the internet. I can read the news on there. I don't need a monthly magazine, okay? Have you heard of this thing called the internet? Well, how about our GameStop credit card? First of all, if oh my god, if you have that GameStop credit card, you are an idiot, bro. Do not ever buy that buy. Do not ever sign up for the GameStop credit card. It is a scam and it's how it's getting kids in trouble. Um I remember they were trying to sell it to me one time and I was like, "Yeah, what's the interest rate on this, man?" It was like 25% or 22%. So, it was 20 something percent for the interest rate on that credit card and if you don't know what that is you don't know like you're young because i know I, I realized from the last episode that i got a lot of young viewers because a lot of y'all was thanking me for some of the financial stuff that i was talking about a lot of y'all are like 17 18 if you don't know how a credit card works uh with the, with the interest rate and shit like that like let's say um the, the interest rate is 25 percent uh and you can't pay it back on time they're gonna add interest onto your damn bill 
and let's say like uh basically add 25 cents to every dollar that shit is expensive that and that shit adds up really fucking quickly that's a scam and, and i i feel like it should be fucking illegal because let's be real here mo- most people who go to gamestop are either young adults kids or like old women that don't know anything about gaming like and i'm not saying women don't know anything about gaming but you know like the older generation of women uh usually they don't tend to be gamers uh, and when I say older, I don't, I'm not talking about like 30 or 40 because those are gamers. I'm talking about like 60 and up. You know what I'm talking about? The ones that just walk in there to get games for their grandson and shit. The, matter of fact, let's not even just the older older men and women, older people in general. It's a scam for them, bro. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I would hope you would know better if you're older, but like, I'm, I'm sidetracking. But don't don't ever sign up for that. That's one of the reasons. And then the number one reason, the one reason, well, not even number one. There's actually two more reasons. Trade in credit. They they ripping people off. You fucking go in there. I've, I've told this story before. I walked in with like, back when I was a kid, I walked in with like 20 games. Half of them were like PlayStation, half of them were like PlayStation 2. I thought I was about to get like $500 in in-store credit. I was telling my friends, you know, you know, I'm going to buy you. While he was like ringing the games up, getting the value, I was like telling, I was like, yo, I was like, I'm going to buy you a headset. You know, I'm going to get you a game. Yo, go go pick something out in the store, my dude. I brought so many games in, I'm going to get a lot of trading credit. I'm going to get you something, my gay. Man, fucking shit came out to like $5. I was so mad. I took all my fucking games back. They're ripping people off with trading credit. Um, and then last but not least, when you try to buy something, there's nothing There's nothing worse than going to GameStop. You know exactly what you want. You pick it off the shelf. They ring you up. And they say, hey, sir, you want to pre-order something? Bitch, did I ask to pre-order something? Don't, don't, don't suggest nothing to me. I hate that shit, bro. Like, I... I can't tell you how many times, yo, you want to pre-order something? They're so aggressive with it, too, because apparently, like, a lot of videos have surfaced on YouTube. And you, if you never go on YouTube and just search GameStop stories and stuff like that, and you'll find plenty of, like, former employees sharing their stories of what it was like to work at GameStop. And, like, I guess the managers really just push for the numbers on pre-orders and stuff like that. And that's why they're so aggressive with it. And, like, I remember one chick got so offended that I didn't want to pre-order nothing. Like, I was, like, I was like, I brought my game up. I knew exactly what I wanted. I don't know what I bought that day. Um... But she's ringing my game up and she's like, yeah, we have a list of games. Like, check it out. He's like, you want to pre-order anything? I was like, no. She's like, well, she's like, why are you not interested in pre-ordering? I was like, I'm not. I was like, I don't personally believe in giving developers my money before um, the game comes out. I, like, they need to earn my money because like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do pre-order games, but I pre-order the game like a week or two weeks before it comes out because by that time the game is actually finished and you're just waiting for it to release. Uh, I never pre-order games like six months before they come out, a year before they come out, or even there are people who like you know you know Call of Duty is coming out next year. You can go to GameStop and pre-order it right now because you know game you can, you know Madden is coming out, you know FIFA is coming out, you know 2K is coming out next year. You can go pre-order it right now if you want. That's if GameStop will be here next year. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she got so offended. She's like, what do you mean by that? Don't bring my fucking game up. What the fuck you talking about, bro? And then they don't be knowing nothing either, too, in the fucking store. Like I said, they, oh, my God. Like, they be walking around with, like, fucking 3DSs and Game Boy SPs in their back pocket like they're pro gamers and shit. And then you ask them a question. You're like, yo, yo, what should I get for the Switch? Like, what's a good game that's out right now? What would you suggest? They don't ask you what you into. Uh, they don't ask you what your previous gaming experience is. They don't even tell you what to get. They just be looking at you like you stupid, bro. What you got a Game Boy SP in your back pocket for if you don't know nothing about Nintendo? If you don't get your stink ass out this damn store. Uh, so that, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I think that GameStop is is failing right now. It's just a terrible service. Just a terrible atmosphere. Freaking, they have like, usually they have game consoles in the store where you can test out games. But good luck testing out any games because usually they just let the kids sit there and play it the whole fucking time. They don't put a time 
time limit on it. Like his ass has been on little Jimmy has been on this shit for a whole hour. Can I try the new Mario Kart? Jesus fucking Christ. I don't care how old he is. And then they'd be coughing. Matter of fact, I don't even want to touch that shit because they'd be coughing and sneezing and shit. Like it, going to a GameStop is like going to a gaming convention, bro. You got to walk in there with hand sanitizer. You got to walk in with a good enough, a good amount of sleep and the right, the right set of mind. Because if you don't, any little thing will set you off, bro. Any little thing. It's a culture war going on in GameStop. Now, what can we do to save, save GameStop? Like I said, I don't give a fuck whether or not it collapses because I buy all my games off Amazon and BestBuy.com. Um, but then again, Best Buy might collapse too. Uh, Amazon is kicking their ass. Usually, I buy my games off Amazon because um, it's free two-day shipping. I got Amazon Prime, you know. Shout out to me. Uh, and then also, uh, the games are on my doorstep the day that uh, they come out, so I don't have to go to the store. I can be lazy and shit like that. Though. Um, but how can we save GameStop if I was actually interested in it? Like I said, better customer service, better trading credit. I know that that's the way. Like, I don't know if you guys know, the main way that GameStop actually makes their money is uh, through trading, not trading, but uh, through, like, used game sales. That's why, that's why they'll, um, they'll, let's say, like, a game is worth, like, $50, $55. They'll give you, like, 20 for it if it's brand new. And then they'll charge 55 for it. So then they made like 30 some dollars off of it. They make a huge profit margin. And the reason they do that is because when it comes to used game sales, there's no type of laws. They don't have to compensate the game developers and the publishers for used game sales for any. So that's why if you ever go to a GameStop, you notice they'll never really push a new copy on you. There's been so many times where I go to a GameStop and let's say, I don't know, let's say Red Dead Redemption 2. I go to, let's say Red Dead is out too. Red Dead Redemption 2 is out right now, right? I'll go there and I'll be like, yo, I want to pick up a copy. I want to buy a copy of Red Dead Redemption 2. And they'll be like, do you want it used? Bitch, did I ask for it used? You'll notice they always offer it for used. And there's a reason for that. Like I said, they don't have to compensate game developers and publishers. So anything that they make off of used games, that's 100% profit. They don't actually make... GameStop does not actually make any money off of... Um, new games well they do but i don't want to say that they don't they uh from what i've read multiple times usually they only make like a dollar or two off of new games because uh the new games they have to buy them from the uh from wherever they wherever they get the games uh they got to get the stock uh then you know the shipping price and all that other stuff so they had to make up for the the value of what they, they spent to even get those games into the store um, so usually they only make a couple bucks off of each game, which is wild. So if you're wondering why they always push used games on you, it's not because they, they give a fuck about you and they're trying to benefit you. It's because that's how they make the most money. That's why they have their um, their uh, people always pushing the reward card because the, the reward card gives you points to use towards buying used games. Um, but it is what it is. What can you do? Uh, like I said, improve customer service. Um, have a better online presence. Um, like companies nowadays got to get with it, man. The companies that are winning online nowadays usually have black people running their uh, social media. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, like Wendy's and like always uh, tweeting out funny shit. Like, there's like various other. I remember. I don't know if you guys remember, like when the Meek Mill and Drake beef first went down. There was a lot of uh, Twitter accounts from different companies making jokes about Meek, Meek Meek Mill and shit like that. People like shit like that. They like they want people want you to be in tune with society, with the streets. It makes them more inclined to check out your products. Uh. So they definitely GameStop does not have a good online presence. They basically just tweet out deals, uh, which is like eh, whatever. Um, uh, I don't know. Improve the stores. I feel like GameStop stores have been the same since I've been a kid. They have not changed at all. They all look the same. You walk in, it's a thousand shelves against the wall with a bunch of games and shit like that. I don't know exactly how they should redesign it, but I don't know. Give it something a more modern look. Uh, maybe more have more game stations that test out games. Because at the end of the day, if they have more game stations in there instead of like one or two. That's going to keep more people in the store and the longer people stay in the store, the more they are inclined to buy something because you're surrounded. You'll be tempted by it. Um, 
and just have better staff, more knowledgeable staff. And this goes across the board. Like it's it's the same thing when you go to Best Buy. Best Buy has Best Buy. Best Buy got some fine women. I don't know if you know a lot of fine women hang out. In Best, they're not hang out, but they work at Best Buy. But a lot of people they don't they don't know nothing that work at fucking Best Buy. You go in there, right? And like you're trying to build a gaming PC and you're looking for some RAM. Hey, um, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, excuse me, Best Buy employee. Um, y'all got some DDR4 RAM? Um, and they'll be like, oh yeah, uh, we got some um some uh, power supplies over here. And I'm like, that's not what I said. I said I need some RAM. Yo, ma'am, do you guys have a CPU? Yeah, here's our GPUs right here. That's not what I said. They don't know anything about if you let, let me say something. If you go to Best Buy and ask a question that has nothing to do with an HDMI cable, they will not know what the fuck you were talking about. Do you guys have uh do you guys sell uh portable air conditioners? No, but we have an HDMI cord. You know, we know what that is. Do you have external hard drives? Uh yeah, this HDMI cord right here, like it's the same thing at GameStop. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Usually Usually, like when you usually GameStop employees might know one or two games here and there, but they're like, I feel like you should be versatile. Like, if that's your job, you should be able to tell me a little bit about everything that's coming out. Like, you don't have to have played it, but you should at least have like a synopsis or something like that. Because, like, if it's your job, you should take it seriously. Like, when people ask me, like, if you come to my streams, you know, nine times out of ten, if you ask me anything about uh, most games, I would say like eight out of ten times I usually know the news that you're talking about. Yo, did you hear about such and such? Did you hear about such and such? It's my job to keep up with the gaming news and share my opinions on it and play these games and stuff like that. So I take it seriously and I try to keep my eye on everything. Obviously, I can't play everything, but I try to keep my eye and my ear to the streets and pay attention to what's going on. It just baffles me that you can walk into a GameStop and ask, yo, tell me about the new Mario Party for Switch. I don't know nothing about that. And then, like, I, oh my God, yo. Then they'll go, they'll go to the back or they'll go, they'll like reach under their shelf and they'll pull out their little cheat sheet and they'll read you the synopsis. Yeah, so Mario Party on the Switch is a new Mario Party game. It's like the 12th one in the series and uh, it has mini games. No shit, bitch. No shit. What the fuck are you talking about? Yo, what's, what's this new uh, God of War with? Uh, let me get my cheat sheet. So, God of War stars an ashy black man um, trying to avenge his wife and kids. And, uh, head-ass boy. This GameStop sucks, bro. It, it really does. Like, when you really look at the customer service they provide, the stores usually stink. The people stink. Oh, my God. They be having, like, cum stains on the carpet and shit like that. And fucking kids running all, all throughout the store, putting their hand where the, uh, where the games aren't just knocking them everywhere it's just gamestop is just like it's like chuck e cheese it's just a horrible place man it's a horrible place but that's my opinion on the downfall of gamestop and can it be saved i don't think it can be saved and to be honest i don't give a fuck uh because online is the future so moving on to the next uh section of gaming the next question uh comes from pg brian i'm gonna assume you're from uh pg county maybe uh anyways he wants to ask about remasters all right let's get into this one yo what's good tbh i was just wondering if there are any specific titles from the ps1 ps2 and the original xbox that you would like to see uh remastered or remade so he wants to know about what remasters i would like to see from ps1 ps2 era uh i know you specifically listed those but i'm assuming that you meant like all just like classic systems like gamecube N64, uh, what's the name? Just like every era, like. But then again, did I just assume that is very problematic? I don't know. I'm gonna go with that answer anyway. Anyways, I have a long history of gaming because I've been gaming since the NES days, the original Nintendo. Uh, and I'm, like I've I've played pretty much every console since and PC, so I have a lot of games. 
Uh, and I'm going to be honest, I was too lazy to really go through all my game discography and try to figure out what are my favorite games ever. I mean, like, I didn't really want to come up with a whole top 10 list that I wanted to see remastered. So I just came up with a few. Uh, and here's some of them. So uh, this one, uh, it might seem like it might be a little bit early, but people don't know. Uh, this year, Mass Effect 1 turned 10 years old. The original Mass Effect came out in 2008. I remember. Um, so I would like to see a remaster of the Mass Effect trilogy. Because if you, which is one of in Mass Effect, the original Mass Effect trilogy might have surpassed Ocarina of Time for me. It might be my favorite, just like series ever. Um, but recently, like on stream last year, I went back and tried to play it on PC, and like the game, uh, I, the, the first one, uh, the, like the game's story still stands the test of time. It still has amazing characters, amazing visuals, even on P- on PC at least. Um, but the problem with, and I think it's for all three of them. Uh, I do feel like all three games are starting to show their age. Uh, like the the combat feels wonky. I did eventually get used to it, but I did notice how stiff, especially in the first one, the way Shepard moves, they move very stiff. So like, I would like if if I could get a remaster of the original Mass Effect trilogy, that would be fire. But I I don't just want an improving textures and like visuals and stuff like that. I want them to do like a quality of life changes, kind of like how they're doing with Spyro and the. Well, I don't know. I didn't like the Crash remaster. I thought it sucked because they changed the gameplay uh, mechanics, but. Actually, the um, what's the, what am I thinking of? The Resident Evil Two one uh, that's coming out. Like improve the visuals, but also improve like the controls and how the game flows and pl- like basically take the combat from Mass Effect Andromeda. I know everybody hated that game, even though they didn't play it. They just were hating on the facial animation. Mass Effect Andromeda had the best gameplay in the Mass Effect series. It just had the worst story in the Mass Effect series and the worst, I guess, facial animations, even though they weren't that bad, in my opinion. And even still, it wasn't a bad game. It was a bad Mass Effect game. It just wasn't. It didn't live up to the series, basically, but it was still a good game. I enjoyed the gameplay. Andromeda had the best gameplay in the series. It was smooth. It was fun. It was vertical. So put that style of gameplay into the original Mass Effect trilogy with the abilities and the story and then improve the visuals. And I think that would be an amazing package. Um what's the name another game that i would like to see remastered this one's from the ps1 era uh it's an rpg called legend of dragoon it's one of my favorite rpgs ever if you people it's one of those games if you know you know like a lot of people don't know about it because it's on a low low like back then everybody was you know gushing over fucking final fantasy 7 but legend of dragoon is an amazing jrpg uh is it, because like they had like these transformations in the battles where you could turn into like these dragon demon characters and they had like new ability you had like the super saiyan like dragon mode and shit this shit was fire and on top of that it was the first jrpg ever to be like um not jrpg it was the first turn-based jrpg to um add some interaction into it so like you could do bonus damage in the game by if you timed your attacks correctly it wasn't just like final fantasy where you click a button and then you watch them attack there was more interaction in it and combine that with like the transformations and the story was really good there was some really heartfelt deaths in there uh (laughs) i would love to see a remaster of that because that game is fucking ugly right now if you look at it um so it'd be interesting to see what they do with that give it like the final fantasy 7 remaster treatment where it it looks like a totally different game but uh keep the gameplay style the turn base and like the transformations and the interactions and stuff like that that would be fire and then another remaster i would like to see fam remaster socom 2 uh, not one, two, or if you can do a package, uh, remaster SOCOM one and two. We don't care about three and all those other ones. Um, and that's because this is one of the, this is one of the first games that I ever played online. And like I said, I played SOCOM Fireteam Bravo on the PSP online. That was my first game ever. And then eventually I moved over to the PS2 version. Go ahead and bring that back. Remaster the visuals, improve the controls, 
the story. Don't touch the gameplay. Uh, add the voice chat, the, the modern voice chat, and all that other stuff. Just give us all the modern bells and whistles, and I think that would be fire. I think it could be really popular. Plus, I've always wondered, um, like I've always wondered, do I look at do I look at SOCOM through like what is the word I'm looking through through the view of nostalgia, or was the game are the were the games as good as I remember? That's all what I've always been curious about, and it's you can't go and play the game online anymore, so there's no point in even like whipping out the PS2 and trying. The servers are offline, um, so I've always wondered like if they put a remaster out, was the game as good as I remember, or was I just excited because that was my first online experience ever, and I was just happy to be online. Like I remember the first time I ever played Halo online, and I played Big Team Battle. It was like the greatest shit ever. It was just blowing my mind as a fucking I wasn't uh, as a teenager basically. Um, so it makes me wonder, dude, is it as good as I remember? Those are remasters I would like to see. Those are just what I would say. Um, that's all I got to say on that. Moving on to the TV section of the show. This question comes from Twitter. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore I Keep It Real. And it comes from Ethereal. Ethereal, I think that's how you pronounce his name. My bad if I butchered your joint. Uh, he wants to know my thoughts on the Avatar live action show and just uh, live action anime adaptations in general. So if you're unaware what he's referencing is, and make sure to download that GI app, go on uh, the uh, iOS and Android store and download the Gaming Illuminati app to keep up with all the latest gaming news. Uh, he's talking about Netflix announced that they're going to be working, they're going to be releasing a Avatar live action TV show. And I'm going to keep it a buck with you, I have no faith in this. Um, that Avatar movie flopped, it was absolutely, I've never even seen that movie and that movie offended me, just because I've seen clips like on YouTube and stuff like that. Absolutely fucking disgusting. Uh, as, as a huge, Avatar The Last Airbender is one of the greatest, not TV shows, but just uh, not not cartoon i mean it's not one of the greatest cartoons ever it's just one of the greatest tv shows period that's one of the first shows that i binge watched and like when i got to the end i was like depressed like i was like i need more i need more and i was so happy when cora came out even though cora wasn't as good people give legend of cora a lot of shit but it, it was if avatar was a 10 cora was like an 8 to me like it wasn't that bad it just was it wasn't as good as as the uh, avatar and they set the bar so high with that one but it was still a good show in my opinion um but anyway, my thoughts on it. Um, I've, Netflix got to chill, bro. We already talked about this like two podcasts ago. Uh, they announced that they're working on a Witcher television show. And I said on that episode, my concern, everybody's concerned about whether Henry Cavill can play uh, the Witcher or not. My concern was what's the budget going to look like on the Netflix shows? Because if you watch the Marvel shows, you know that the budget is kind of light on these uh these Netflix shows, like with the Iron Fist, they undersell Iron Fist. They undersell um, what's the name, uh, Luke Cage. Like they barely have any special effects, and I'm pretty sure that has to do with the budget. There's only so much you can do with a television show because at the end of the day, you got to recoup your money. They got to. They Netflix is pumping out all these shows, but are they picking up new subscribers? That's the main thing for every show. They got to pick up a ton of subscribers because it costs them a lot of money. And my same concern goes with the Avatar show. It's not even about the actors and what the story is going to be like, because for the most part, Netflix does a pretty good job with handling their original properties. My question is, what is the budget going to look like? Avatar, if they're going to do an adaptation, it has to be a movie with a big budget. I just don't see it with a television show. Like, what is the budget going to be? Like, how are they going to do? Bruh, in Avatar, you got firebenders, you got earthbenders, you got waterbenders, you got windbenders, airbenders, I mean, and then you got somebody who can do all four. 
how the fuck are they going to put all them special effects into a Netflix show? Can y'all honestly see that? Could you honestly see 10 to 13 episodes of someone throwing fire and water and air and earth out of their hands? It's not in the, but I just don't see it. Something, I'm not saying the special effects are going to be bad, but I'm saying something they're going to, they're going to cut corners on something. The, it's going to be maybe the actors. It's going to be maybe um, the costumes are going to look fucking stupid. It might be the script or it might be the special effects. This shit could turn out to be like a damn YouTube fan uh, fan uh, fan video or fan movie or what like that. And that's OK for YouTube, but that's not OK for um, for Netflix. And it, it just bothers me because they're they're ruining our favorite shows. Let it be, man. What what made Avatar so great? The original one is you had the three books, and then he fought the Fire Lord, and that shit was done. That's that's how I like my TV shows. It the longer you go, the more you start to ruin your legacy. Look at Eminem. His last three albums, whack. I don't care, whack. I don't want to hear none of that. It's the same thing with this uh this Avatar shit. Avatar, then you had Korra, then you had the freaking movie. That's ruining the legacy. You can have this shit. I, I promise you, this show is not going to be good. And if it is, if it is, I will eat my words and I'll give it its clout. I will give it its props, but I just don't see how it's going to be good. Um, and as far as live action adaptations in general, Avatar is not anime, but I'm going to assume you're talking about anime. Once again, I just assumed and that is very this is a problem we're going to change this to the problematic podcast <laughs> alliteration uh <laughs> uh live action anime just, just in general i leave anime alone leave video games alone stop trying to take our favorite favorite mediums and, and turn them into movies especially because the the um the uh hollywood for the longest said that video games aren't art but now they're trying so hard to turn video games into movies they're trying so hard to turn anime into live action adaptations leave that shit alone bro like there's some things that like it just it works best in animation it does not work i can't i know they're coming out with a gears of war movie i cannot see the locust i cannot see marcus and dom with that big ass armor without it not looking silly it doesn't look silly in gaming because it's gaming but with live action adaptations i just don't see it um and like i'm just tired of it like i honestly i think the better thing to do is what kind of what funimation is doing you got the um what is it the my hero movie coming out and they put out several other movies in theaters do more theatrical releases for anime um i think that would be a better come up with more anime movies i think that would be a better solution especially because it's becoming more mainstream i think movie theaters would be able to sell out maybe just you know start with what they're doing now like let's select movie theaters um and gradually ramp up the support for it but live action all that shit is terrible it's it's a no for me dog i don't want to see none of that who knows when this avatar shit is going to come out for netflix but when it does come out i fully expect it to look like straight doo-doo um it's gonna have them etch and sketch graphics for the uh <laughs> the special effects uh but we're gonna see only time can tell that's my thoughts on it um the next question for the I, this is not really television but it kind of sort of has to do with like media um and the question comes from marcus he wanted to talk about um, starting a podcast. Uh, let's see what he has to say. What's up, TBA? So I've been thinking about starting a podcast of my own. But uh, my thing is, is I don't necessarily know how to go about it. It's like, do you have any advice, not just for me, but anybody out there thinking about starting one of their own? And like, how do you network? How do you get more attention drawn to yourself? You know, without like wilding out or whatever. But basically just build yourself up build your platform and things of those nature all right marcus wants to start a podcast and he wants to know how i got a few tips for you all right so tip number one uh use anchor 
And I'm not saying that because uh, what's the name? Because uh, I'm using it. I'm saying it because I I genuinely enjoy this platform, and I wish something like I said this in I think in a previous podcast. I wish something like Anchor was available uh, back when we started the GI podcast. Anchor is great because all the hosting is free. It's completely free. You just upload your audio, and then you can you can uh, promote your uh, your podcast. And what's also dope is when you upload your podcast to Anchor, you just hit, there's there's a button in your settings, and it distributes it to all the major platforms: iTunes, Spotify, um, Stitcher, like all. The, it's like I, my podcast is available like on ten different platforms, and it's all the major ones. So you just hit a button, and it, you get an RSS feed that distributes it to all the major platforms. You do not have to worry about making an account for anything or uploading anything. So it's easy to distribute your content. So if, if they don't want to listen to it on Anchor, you can always promote the, promote the Spotify or the iTunes or any other link that you want to promote. Um, so start out with that. Of course, you're going to need a decent mic. Um, also, are you going to want to stream? Which, if you want a decent mic, um, get on Amazon, search different mics and stuff like that. Uh, I, uh, I recently we became not recently, but like the last year, we're sponsored by Arazi. Uh, if you guys want to check out Arazi, they have good mics. You can get one for like sixty bucks. That'll give you holly, uh, very high quality audio. Um, and if you use the code uh, GI, uh, what's the name? It'll it, it should give you like a ten percent off or whatever like that. But if you don't want that mic, that's cool. Go on Amazon, search different mics. I know um, the Blue Snowball is popular. I personally was never a big fan of the Blue products. Um, can't go wrong with Audio Technica. Uh, I'm currently using a Rode mic. This one was like 160 bucks. I really like this one. Get you an arm for like your desk and stuff like that. I uh, really enjoy this one. Uh, but yeah, get a solid mic. Doesn't have to be too expensive. Make sure you're watching reviews. Uh, and when you watch reviews on like mics, make sure you actually listen to a review where they give you an example of the audio quality and have some headphones on so you can hear it. And if you like it, then go for that one. Um, make sure you create show notes. So show notes are very important. Um, it keeps things organized. Uh, I don't I don't write down specifically anything, but I'm going to say I freestyle everything and you should, too, because that's what makes the podcast great because you never know what you're going to get. But what you should do is when you create the podcast notes, find whatever topics you want to talk about and just make bullet points. And then those will be your topics. So let's say, I don't know, Battlefield 5 beta. There was a Battlefield 5 beta. Put Battlefield 5 beta first impressions on your podcast notes. And then when you get to that section, be like, hey, let's talk about it. And then you freestyle and you go for that. So make sure you have notes to keep yourself organized, especially if it's going to be a group of you guys, group of you guys doing the podcast. You don't want to just turn hit record and be like, all right, guys, what are we talking about? Make sure there's a, a set of podcast notes. And uh, the best way that uh, the way that we do podcast notes is I use Google Docs. It's free. Uh, it's basically Microsoft Word, but it's online. And Google Docs is great because it gives you a link and then you can share it with your friends. So your friends are in the know. Whoever is going to be on the podcast, they you can share the podcast notes with them and they know and they can be looking at it at the same time as you so you guys can stay on track. You know what you're going to talk about next, this, that, and the third. Um, and then as far as promoting yourself... Um, what I've been doing is uh, I've been uploading segments to YouTube. I'll cut out like little eight to like five to like 10 minute segments of topics that I think YouTube will find interesting. Um, and then at the end of that little segment, I'll say, hey, this is a segment from the podcast. Uh, if you guys want to check out the full show, there's a link in the description box below. So I don't know if you have a YouTube, but I would say utilize YouTube to promote your podcast. And I'm not the only one who does this. Uh, I, I I started doing this because, I mean, Joe Rogan does it. That's that's literally all Joe Rogan uh, has been. That's all he does. He just uploads segments to his uh, site. And then he also not site, but YouTube. And then he also uploads the full thing. Um, and if you don't if like if you don't have a YouTube channel, I would suggest making one so you can upload segments. And then when you whenever you're talking about make sure you're talking about things that, you know, can get views, not necessarily clickbait, but just like popular topics. Like I said, if there's a Battlefield 5 beta you, uh, that was this week, you know people are going to be searching that on YouTube. So cut that segment out of um, your podcast and upload that to YouTube. 
and let people know that this is a podcast and then you should listen to the rest of the show so then you're also getting more views on your podcast you're also getting more on youtube of course you want to be active on social media maybe utilize instagram cut out little i don't know like a little one minute funny part from the podcast and upload it to instagram because instagram is a great social media platform um if you're getting them double taps you're gonna get a lot of love from the algorithm that's one website that works the way it should work so definitely utilize instagram um utilize the twitter of course to to uh shout yourself out and uh the main thing is just you got to be consistent you gotta if you're consistent your viewers will consistently come back because you're training your viewers to come back and uh know that like uh, like like if you say i'm putting out an episode every friday they know to check for an episode every friday you're basically training your viewers to look for your content that's something it's it's hard that's something i've always struggled with because there's certain times where you just get burnout or you lack creativity um and that's one thing that's kind of hard because people don't if you're not a creative type people don't understand the way creativity works i don't i personally don't believe every idea that i have is great and if you think every idea that you have is great you're a narcissist um but I don't personally think that every idea that I have is great. So I don't act on every idea. But then people will fuss at you. Oh, we need more content. And it's like, bro, that's not how it works. Like, you got to let it come to you. Like, all the best artists, all the best musicians, they let the music come to them. Like, you could tell an album, like, if you ever look at a rapper's track list and it just has a bunch of features, they're just trying to get a radio single. But you listen to an album like uh, Black's East Atlanta Love Letter, which we're going to talk about later. Uh, you can tell that's 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 a cohesive project. The, the, the album has a very distinct sound to it. And you could tell he thought about it. And that's not something that you can just do overnight. So the same same thing with podcasting or any type of content creation that you're going to do. Don't force it Um, because you're new to podcasts. You might feel like your voice is going to be a little bit shaky. Um, Make sure that you got charisma when you're speaking on the mic. And also, even if you don't, it's okay. You're going to mess up. You're going to find your voice somewhere along the lines. Like you get better over time, just like any other thing. Great people make things look easy. Like. I make this look easy, but you know, it's not for everybody. Not everybody has that voice. Uh, and you'll find your voice over time. Like I said, just keep doing it. Keep sticking to it. Ask for feedback and you should be all right. But yeah, those are the tips that I have. Um, there's, there's really nothing like insane that I can tell you. There's no like site that you can go to where they'll just promote your podcast. So the main thing I would say is use, utilize other social medias, mainly YouTube, um, and try to, try to, uh, get views from that way uh one little tip i will give you about youtube i'm about to put y'all on the game some gems uh a lot of one thing that people will underutilize on youtube uh, when they upload their videos is the tags people don't know how to properly tag their videos uh like the video the video could be about red dead redemption 2 and they'll upload like a red dead redemption 2 first impressions and they'll tag their video and then the tags it'll be like the name of their channel it'll be like it'll say like gaming like ps4 like why are you putting those tags on your video if you want to know how to properly tag your videos use rapid tags I, let me uh hold up let me see is it rapidtags.com hold on let me search for y'all real quick uh it's rapidtags.io go to rapidtags.io if you want to learn how to properly tag your videos it's totally free and then they have a paid version uh for like three bucks but the free version is it's it's basically the same thing as the free i mean I, the free is the same as the free i told y'all we got like four hours <laughs> the free version is basically the same thing as the paid version the paid version just gives you um a couple more tools but like the free version is fine you go on there let's say uh you want to say red dead redemption 2 you're making a video about that type in red dead redemption 2 hit search and it'll literally generate you all the popular the most pop it'll generate all the t- search terms that people are searching right now the most popular ones and then you hit a button you can copy and then you just paste it into your youtube tags so if you want to learn how to properly tag your video that's how you do it it's rapidtags.io. that's what i use um and that'll bring in new viewers. Like I said, if you're, if you're new to creating a podcast, I would say utilize YouTube and then utilize Anchor 
and make sure you're using rapid tag so that you can get new viewers and if you get new viewers from youtube that'll bring them to anchor um which will get you more views and then if you start getting views you know you can get some advertisers and all that other stuff also just just enjoy yourself don't get too caught up in this shit don't think too much about blowing up uh when you start thinking like that and making money you're more likely gonna fail because this shit is a grind like i said in a uh, previous podcast i've been doing this shit for 10 years now and i'm i am just starting to make some money just starting to make some money i've i've probably made more money this year from like sponsorships in any other year um and that came from years of networking and this that and the third um that don't be like me i'll say if you get a chance to network network with people um that are like the same size as you and like-minded and grow together don't be like me uh i learned the hard way i used to think you just got to get hot and people will come to you and in some cases that it is like that you will just get emails out of the blue we love your content we want to sponsor you this that and the, i just hate my damn mic i'm sorry we love your content this that and the third we want to sponsor you and there's gonna be other there's gonna be other situations where you guys shoot your shot when it came to the Arazi sponsorship, we shot our shot. Like, JG just walked up to him and be like, hey, this is who we is. Like, this, we got these numbers, these numbers, and this, that, and the third. Uh, there's a couple other sponsorships that are like that. So it's always, you never know. Um, yeah, hopefully that helped. Hopefully that helped. But yeah, moving on to the life section of the podcast. And always, as always, when we get to this section of the show, I got to let y'all know what I'm about to say is not law. Someone is just asking me a question about life. And I'm giving my opinion. It's what you did. What what the uh, what the what them twins say? Do what the fuck you want, bro. I'm just giving you some advice because you asked. <laughs> um, and this question comes from Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Mister Underscore. I keep it real. Comes from at uh, Ed Head Knock 'em Dead. At Head Knock 'em Dead. All right, he's knocking people's heads off. Uh, he wants to know what is the best money saving tactic. How do you find a way to save up money for future emergencies? I don't think there's a best money saving tactic. It's life. It's about what works best for you. Um, I got two suggestions. Um, check with your bank and see if they offer some type of program that helps you auto save. Um, I'm with Wells Fargo. That's my bank that I use. And uh, Wells Fargo, if you open up a checking account by default, anytime you purchase something with your debit card, they'll act, they'll uh, move a dollar from your account to your savings account. So if you go to the grocery store every day and you spend like 10 bucks on food, um, you're actually spending 11 because a dollar is actually going to your savings account. And if you don't ever look at your savings account, you like you just never check it. Every, just check it every like few months. You'll be surprised how much money you save just from allocating a dollar. And to be honest, it's nice because you will never notice that dollar moving because it's just a dollar. As long as you're not blowing your money like that. So check with your bank. See if they have an auto saving thing like that. And then also this kind of ties into last week's episode where I was talking about investing in uh, stocks and stuff like that. Uh, I, I suggested to use Robinhood if you want to buy stocks. But uh, if you want to kind of like just automate the experience and save money that way, there's another app that I actually use. I use two stock apps actually on my phone. This one is called uh, Acorns. I, shout out to The Breakfast Club. I found out about this app from The Breakfast Club. Uh, every once in a while, they'll bring on like financial advisors on The Breakfast Club. And those are some of my favorite episodes because they, they usually drop gems on how to save money and make money. And they put me onto the Acorns app. It's available on iOS and Android. It's totally free. Uh, basically, what it is, is it's actually the same thing as uh, what I just mentioned from Wells Fargo. So you, you basically link your bank account to... Uh, uh, or your debit card or something like that to your acorns account and anytime that you make a purchase they'll move a bunch of whatever's the leftover change um to your to uh to investments basically so i don't know let's say you spend uh 50 cents uh they'll round it up and make it a dollar and they'll put 50 cents towards investing in something um 
And then they have like different settings that you can do in your account. You can have like aggressive investments. You can have um, moderate investments and they'll show your portfolio and all the things that you're investing. You can watch your money grow. Honestly, I never checked. I checked that account like maybe I check my acorns account maybe like once every six months. <clears throat> Excuse me. And like your money just naturally just keeps going up and growing. And not only that, not only do they invest like your spare change into stocks. It also you can you can you can set your account to invest a certain amount of money every month. So. Uh, whenever I make a purchase, I get change that goes towards stocks and that adds up. And then once a month, I also put $50 into my account. Uh, and that goes towards investments and over, I've been using it for like two years now and I've just watched my money grow, grow, grow. And it's first thing, I don't want anybody thinking like your money's just going to explode, but it is going to grow slowly. And over time, it actually shows you in the chart, your projection. If you just keep saving how much money you can have in like 2025 and the stat in the third. So that's a very easy way to save money. It's called the acorn app. It's very nice. Uh, I use that in Robin hood. And then, uh, what was the last tip that I had for you? Oh, if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to do the automated things between like your bank or using the Acorn app, you can also try uh, just taking a certain amount of che- money out of your check every month and just putting it in a savings account, like doing it yourself. Uh, that that takes more willpower, maybe taking like 10 to 20 percent of your check. I don't know what your bills are looking like, but there's always that. Um, other than that, I don't have any like special tactic for money saving. I think I'm pretty good with money just because I'm not materialistic. That really helps. If you're not a materialistic person, that will really help you with saving money. Most of my money goes towards food. I don't buy clothes like that. Uh, oh, I take that back. Most of my money goes towards food and then the games. But games and like the PC stuff like that, that counts as investment. Those are tax write-offs for me because this is my job. Um, but uh, yeah, what's the name? What is up? Uh, you know, get sleep, y'all. Because if you don't, you just lose your train of thought. And if you lose your train of thought, you're off the track. And then the plane, the plane. Now I, now I think planes are on fucking tracks. Jesus fucking Christ! If I was a viewer, I would dislike this shit right now. If there was a dislike button, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing special to like saving money. It's more so willpower. And like I said, it really helps if you're not materialistic. Uh, I really don't give a fuck about a lot of shit, so I, I don't end up saving my money. Uh, I, I just invest it. Uh, get that Acorns app. Like if you know if your bank doesn't have any options, get that Acorns app. And just invest your spare change, and that shit will add up, and that's how you can save some money. Um, they also have some like special deals on Acorn, where uh, let's say like uh, you can buy stuff through their app. Let's say uh, you buy something from like Starbucks off of their app. Starbucks will send you like fifty bucks for like towards an, not fifty, like twenty bucks towards an investment and stuff like that. So pay, pay attention to the special deals that they have on the app. Uh, if you if you're looking to buy stuff, if you can if you're looking to spend money, because then you can spend money and also get some back towards investments. Uh, the Acorn app is fire. And then on top of that, the past like two months ago, Acorn introduced the uh, Acorns debit card. So now if you make an Acorns app, you can uh you can you can get a debit card for that account and it's basically like a bank account now um so if you ever need to spend money that you've uh made from investments you can spend it straight from your card i actually ordered one myself so that's really dope uh acorns is really simple and they're really stepping it up shout out to them uh i'm not sponsored by them i just like the product uh so check out that it's available on ios and android once again it's called acorns like the nuts that fall off the trees acorns i know i pronounce shit really weird so i don't want anybody getting misconstrued um and the last thing I wanted to talk about uh, today in the music section, I feel like we don't really talk about a lot of music on the podcast, but oh, I don't know what that was, but I'm doing it anyway, girl. Um, 
I got some music suggestions for you. All right, so people to check out uh, Black's album. I never, re- I didn't listen to the first album. I heard of him, as, but I never really listened to him. It seems like he's got like a cult following that really, his fans really try to push you to listen to his music. And everybody in my Twitch chat, yo, did you listen to Yo, listen to it. I was like, all right, I'm gonna listen to it. So first of all, I have to say, there's nothing better. I don't want to say nothing better, but grinding on 2k is much easier when you have something to listen to that that's how i've actually found time to listen to my albums i actually was grinding my 2k19 player and i was just listening to several albums throughout the week uh i mute the gameplay and i just put on spotify and listen to that and grind um i listened to black's east atlanta love letter um i'm a fan now i like the album uh i was talking about it earlier a little bit uh, this album has a very cohesive sound, and those are the type of albums that I personally enjoy. When you can tell an artist put thought into it. For those of you wondering, it's an R&B album, by the way. This isn't a rap album. Uh, he raps a little bit on it, but he's a, he's an R&B artist. Um, East Atlanta Love Letter is fire. Um, he's singing about things I relate to. Um, I mean, it's just, and then on top of that, he's singing and he got bars, man. He t- he said, man, when I'm in it, it's no limit, like a masterpiece. I said, I feel that, bro. I'd be in that pussy just like him, bro. Uh, and then fucking fucking was it um Belisiana Belisiana I I can't pronounce Belisiaga is that how you pronounce it see I don't buy this shit I don't know how to pronounce this shit you and your fucking new religion jeans and your Balenciaga fucking shoes and shit I love how I can say Balenciaga with with a fucking southern accent but I can't say it in my actual voice Balenciaga there we go there we go uh Balenciaga challenge that shit is fire man these diamonds hue like Langston like what what this man fucking uh offset came with some bars i was surprised by that bro and like i I think what i like about black's album is what i said on stream one time and people thought i was crazy the type of music that i like is i like sophisticated ignorance basically where it's like it's it's got that sophistication to it but it's just a little bit you know a little bit ratchet a little bit of ignorance a little i like i like an artist that has the yin and the yang i like humans basically i don't like an artist who's just overly positive and i don't like an artist who's just overly negative uh and that's why i that's why someone like logic i mean i used to like i like logic's older stuff but his recent stuff it's annoying to me just because it's like i don't know like that suicide hotline song that shit is corny to me like we know suicide is bad bro like uh, come on like I, I don't know uh logic is yeah logic is a no for me but then i also don't like artists like the drill artists and like these uh soundcloud rappers where all they do is get on a beat and they threaten to kill you for four minutes straight i hate music how do y'all listen to that shit bro a nigga get on a beat for three minutes, say he gonna kill you, he gonna fuck your bitch, tie up your baby mama, and you just be sitting there bobbing your head. Oh, this shit hard, bro. This shit hard. Like, why would I give my money to somebody like that? That shit is awful to me. Uh, it's fucking demonic music. It's demonic music. I don't like it. Uh, so, like I said, I don't like I don't like too much yin and I don't like too much yang in my music. I like a, a person who's uh, dynamic, basically. So that's why I appreciated the Black Album. Once again, the name of it is East Atlanta Love Letter. I would suggest checking it out. Actually, let me open up my Spotify and see if I can give y'all some like some of my favorite songs. Uh, like I said, I like Balenciaga. Balenciaga Challenge. Um, fucking Pretty Little Liars featuring J. Cole. That shit was fire on the album. Let Her Go. East Atlanta Love Letter with Future. That shit is fire. This that East Atlanta Love Letter. Who gonna love better? That shit is fire. And then fucking, uh, I love the song Stan. Uh, I like the way he flipped Eminem's stance, uh, meaning, well, he didn't flip the meaning, but he, he incorporated it into the song. Love you like the stand, stand, yeah, that shit is fire, bro. The production's on point, it has, like, this very eerie kind of, um, 
I guess eerie is the only word I can think of. My, fuck my vocabulary. Uh, check out the album. It's called East Island Love Letter from Black. Uh, it's available on Spotify, uh, iTunes, and all that shit. Uh, another music suggestion I got for you guys. Wale put out a new EP. Hold up. It's called um, Free Lunch, I believe. Yeah, it's called Free Lunch. Um, it is an EP. There are five records on it. And I liked all five songs. I'm not going to lie. And it has a feature on there from J. Cole that is fire. Um, production's on point. The bars are on point. Uh, the flow is on point. He was in his bag. I know it's cool to hate on Wale, uh, but he did his thing on this EP, and it seems like ever since he got released from the record label, uh, it seems like he's back in his bag, and he's, he's back in his lane, which I like. I definitely think you guys should check out that one. Uh, I enjoyed that EP. See, my favorite song is on there. It's probably the one with J. Cole. Uh, it's called My Boy. Um, but I also liked, uh, I think it's three days and three hours. That or it's ungrateful and thankful. I don't want to play the song because then the audio will end up being in this podcast. And then I'll get a copyright strike. But one of them has a, a fucking crazy soul sample on there. And I really, I really like that. It's a good vibe. Um, I'm curious to see what Wally is going to do with an album. Because a lot of people are sleeping on him. But he's, he's making, he's making good music. Do not sleep on it. It's only five songs. Check out Free Lunch from Wale. Um, and then last but not least, I've been listening to, uh, Lupe's, uh, it came out, yesterday it's called droga's droga's wave um draga's wave my bad it's spelled d-r-o-g-a-s and then wave draga's wave i think that's how you pronounce it first of all this shit is long as fuck it's 24 tracks but like the first half of it is very strong um especially these songs with uh nikki jean nikki jean and lupe just really complement each other the production is on point as well the only thing about this album is I'm indifferent about it. I don't know how I feel about it. Like I said, the production is fire, and that's why I keep listening to it back. But I got to sit with this album more, and I got to listen to it a little bit more just because I don't know if I like it or not. Um, the rapping's on point, but I guess the bars confuse me. Like, there's a song on this album. It's called, I think it's uh, called Wave Files. It might be that one. I don't know. There's a song on the album where he's talking about, like, seahorses are the homies crabs are our comrades and sharks are our niggas uh we're down with the dolphins he's talking about all this shit like these sea creatures and shit i'm like what the fuck are you talking about bro like it's one of the like i'm listening to the album right and this is why i don't feel like this is why i said i don't know how i feel about this album this shit draga's wave is either the deepest shit that i ever heard or it's just completely fucking stupid like it's the deepest shit i ever heard and i don't understand it or it's just fucking stupid and he's just he's just rapping about random shit because there's one song on there where he's literally just saying words communism black people shoes toes hairs bdbs microphone i'm like bro what are you what are you you talking about bro if i can get that uh that uh russell simmons not russell simmons oh my fucking god russell westbrook i'm over here talking about def jam i'm talking (laughs) yeah that that russell westbrook meme where he's like what are you talking about bro like what (laughs) so it's one of those things i feel like i'm gonna have to hop on the forums and listen read read what some of the hip-hop snobs are saying maybe uh, watch some reviews and see what other people are saying because i think i know what he's talking about but i'm not 100 sure and i don't want to give my opinion because then i look like a fucking idiot but i I, like i'm listening to it and i'm there's layers to the music is what i'm saying and i'm trying to decipher it and i think i got an idea where he's going with it but i'm not 100 sure because you're not the artist and it's always hard to tell but that's cool it makes you think um versus just you know niggas who put out music like i said who said they're gonna fuck my bitch and uh kill me every five minutes uh it's cool to listen to something like that so i don't want to like i said i enjoyed the wale and i enjoyed black's album i like lupe's but i don't know how much i like it just because like i said i don't understand everything he's talking about i would say give it a listen and judge for yourself that's what i would say it's called draga's wave came out yesterday uh friday so uh and it's 24 song 24 songs long 
So if you're playing 2K, just turn it on, mute the gameplay, and just grind your character and, and listen to the album uh, and see what you think for yourself. Uh, and that's all I got on my podcast notes. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. I was stuttering a lot and all over the place. Um, I, it's funny because right after this, I got to go record the GI podcast. Two podcasts in one day. That should be pretty good. Got some good topics. Uh, if you've never seen the GI podcast, the Gaming Illuminati podcast, uh, search it on YouTube. You'll find not on YouTube, but search it on uh, Google. You'll find it on iTunes, SoundCloud. Stitcher Radio, fucking Spotify. It is available on uh, YouTube. I just hit my mic again. My bad. Uh, I I talk with my hands, and sometimes I hit my mic. (laughs) Y'all can't see that, but now you know. Uh, So, yeah, check out the Gaming Illuminati podcast. That's what I do with me and the GI boys. Uh, We're going to be talking about some gaming. I'm about to go record that one. So, once again, I thank you guys for coming through and checking out the show. Um, Thank you once again to everybody who subscribed recently. If you want to subscribe, head over to anchor.fm slash the Black Hokage via your web browser and maybe probably on your mobile phone, Not, but not the app, not the app, your mobile web browser. Uh... And subscribe i'm broke okay i do this shit weekly and watch out for those galaxy note 9 phones okay they're ala akbaring in people's phones and that's not cool uh, in people's phones in people's pockets jesus fucking christ anyways uh ladies and gentlemen i'm out this has been another episode of hokage thoughts, thoughts.